Hello. 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 There it is. Gotta find my window every day. I found it again. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Here we are. Hmm. Okay, call recorder is back. <laughs> yeah, I heard you had a little struggle with that. Yeah. Well, I have mine set to record automatically, so mm-hmm. I don't ever think to look at it because it sh- should go. Well, now you've got a checklist. So you don't have to worry about that. <sighs> you got a checklist. You got a manifesto. You got a checklist manifesto. Hmm. I suppose so. All right, let me close some of these windows. Oh, boy. All right. All right. Uh, just had some soup. Um, here we are. Here we are. We got we to gotta get going because we got a big <sighs> after show planned. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. All right. <laughs> hey, 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 everybody. Uh, I wanted to, uh, I'll open it. I think John has some uh, material here too, but I just wanted to say uh, thanks to everybody who signed up for the uh, Relay FM uh, membership program to give Syracuse your money. And uh, I appreciate everybody uh, who, who joined up. Uh, just as a reminder, uh, if you missed uh, hearing about it last time, there's a thing you, you can go to GiveSyracuseYourMoney.com and uh, you could choose to become a member on a monthly or yearly basis. And uh, we are committed to, I'm going to say, at least one extended episode per month. Plus, you get your own private feed where you're going to get this uh, program uh, without the uh, without the ads. Oh, wait, hang on. <clears throat> that's D-I-F-F-S. That, that's, that's your freebie this week. Yeah, some people like that. <laughs> this, this whole thing, the whole vanity URL, give Syracuse your money thing, yeah. is that to make you feel more comfortable? It's like you're not asking for money because the URL is that they're giving it to me, but like it's some of it's going to you too, right? So is this just, you know... Should should I register give Merlin your money dot no, and have it no, redirect? No, you don't want to do that. Um, it is um, well, it's just um, it's reality. People like you better. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. They do, and they I mean, say they so. Should but you hear that I'm screeching going through the skies right now? I don't think the flying monkeys screeched, did they? Really oh, so there, was, there was music. There was like orchestra music and it's like fly my pretties, right? Yeah, and she's yeah. cackling, but I don't think the monkeys make any noise in the Years movie. Yours do. They screech a lot. So that's why we're doing that. Um, I have no way of knowing if I'm getting the right amount of money because I don't uh, check and I don't like talking about money. Well, so but that's why we trust the relay people to handle this. Yeah. The one thing we don't have here, and I asked about it, I asked the friendly relay people if there was a page I could obsessively reload to see the membership count because yeah. I've got that for some other programs I'm on where we do membership, but the, their answer was no, they don't have a thing for me to obsessively reload. So I only know the membership numbers when they occasionally come by and tell me what they are, but what they've told me so far is great. So thanks everybody for yes. signing up. We don't want to absorb too much time in the regular show on member stuff, but, uh, well, we do have some other, uh, but anyway, thank you for doing that. Uh, you can also just go to relay.fm slash RD and we do appreciate the support. Um, and so last week's, uh, <laughs> last week's episode was, uh, John and me, uh, bickering about the terrible, terrible ideas we had for a name and asking, um, Syracuse Nation to, uh, chime in, uh, with their suggestions. John, John, where are we with that? It's not Syracuse Nation. It's like, I don't know, Rectifs fans. We don't have a cool name. Uh, ATP, we call them, we call them AT people. <laughs> Flying monkeys of Syracuse County. No, no. Just, anyway. <laughs> 
Um, sorry again for taking up a little bit of time, but this was in, this was in the bonus after show for members where we debated the name of the member feed. It was silly. I, but I just did want to put in a tiny little bit of follow-up here for all the people who sent in suggestions for the names of that. We we ended up going with, uh, you know, we decided on a name on the show, and then uh, Mike Relay uh, suggested an, an alternative name, which was a slight modification. That's what we went with in the feed. Uh, was it Reconcilably Differentiated, which is a hell of a mouthful, which is kind of a joke. But here are some suggestions that listeners had. Uh, so Kevin Duran suggested reconciled differences because it seems like the extra bonus content material will often be reconciling debated topics like Millennium Actress, Merlin's Guitar, John's Pasta, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting idea, Kevin. But as I think I mentioned in like one of the very early episodes, um, the show is called Reconcilable Differences. It merely says that the differences are able to be reconciled. It doesn't say that we are able to do it or we will do it. It's just it's a statement about the quality of the differences, not about what we're going to do to them. And so point of mm. fact, I doubt our differences will be reconciled in the after show. We'll see mm. when we discuss Millennium Actress in this after show. But thanks for the suggestion. Uh, Eric Rasmussen has a bunch of suggestions all <laughs> on the RD theme. Requisite diffusion? Mm. Mm. Use your recursive diffraction. That's very, very <laughs> scientific, mathematical. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Rec- reckless differentia. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, and I think this is was his favorite. Uh, recreational difficulties, which mm-hmm. has a certain charm to it, uh, given both of our difficulties. Uh, well, I don't know. I don't know. Do we have recreational difficulties? Do we have problems having fun? I don't know. I mean, I think I agree with what you're saying about the name. I think it's that. So th- I think the more familiar term to most people is a, a term of art in law, which is irreconcilable differences, which is, I believe, a... Um, divorce premise? Grounds, yeah, a grounds for divorce. It's along the lines of, you know, creative differences. But irreconcilable mm-hmm. differences is that there, there's ways in which we are so different about how we want to run our life that we cannot reconcile these differences. And so it's like a hung jury kind of situation. Hanged jury. Anyway, uh, I think that, so it's not so much that we will reconcile the differences, but on a good day, perhaps the differences can be reconciled. If they can't be reconciled, maybe they can be explained. Yeah. Um, James Farner had one that I thought was pretty uh, inscrutable. It was, hmm, let me try to pronounce this. Rex, rextracilable differences. It's like R and then mm. the word extra and then syllable differences. Because hmm. they're extra, that one I think wins for the least pronounceable. Uh, yeah, name. it's very difficult. Yeah, um, and then finally, Ian Potter had the sort of chaotic evil uh, suggestion, which was wrecked. W r e c k e d mm-hmm. space ifs i f s. I like that Re- wrecked ifs. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's very hat on a hat, which sometimes works for me. So anyway, we're sticking with the current name for now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and if any of you don't see show, uh, art in the member feed, that's a known issue with Overcast and or Relay. It should resolve itself by the time you listen to this. You know, what's weird is it worked for me for our show, but it didn't work for Upgrade. Upgrade yeah, worked not, in not, one place and not another. It was kind of odd. I, I was missing the Upgrade Plus graphic for a while too, but then it came in. I was missing this one, but then it came in. I think we should just cancel patience. It will work eventually. All right, enough. Sorry. Sorry for all the member content and the non-member feed, everybody. So, so, so tonight uh, we will be talking about whether Merlin watched um, a movie called Millennium Actress. We said we were done with the after show stuff. Yes, that is the after show, but we have to get to the regular show now. Please don't cuck me. Next week, John, and, and we're going to front load a couple of these, right? We're going to do two just to get you, get you banging on this. 
Sure. Um, the next uh, two weeks from after that, uh, you will hear whether John Syracuse has watched season three, episode 11 of Shark Tank featuring Blondie's Cookies, uh, The Sullivan Generator, and I always forget this one, and it's so good. The guy who sells wine in a can, the return of wine in a can guy. Don't spoil it, but you're spoiling the whole show for me. I'm not, not spoiling just, just... anything. These are classic episodes. It's like, oh, right. what happened in Godfather? Well, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and it's that. Yeah, we have one more uh, follow-up item for the for the show proper. Uh-huh. And, and that is a toe <laughs> update. <laughs> it was COVID, right? Was that right? No, not oh. COVID toe. Told you it wasn't. Um I don't want to go, go into too much detail because people don't want to hear medical stuff on the show. That's why I haven't mentioned it so long. Like the toe has oh, been, I've told you in our, in our private text chats that the toe is still an ongoing thing, but I haven't brought it up in the show because people don't want a blow by blow update of your toe issues. Right. But I feel like we did need, you, did you drain it? I feel like we need to have some closure on the toe. And so toe I wanted closure. to give, yes, <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted to give some updates on okay. this. Uh, so, uh, I think when last we left this, I, I had told briefly the story of me dropping a weight on it when I was, 13 years old and it has always been a little bit weird 30 some odd years later it started to get all puffy i thought it was an infection i got antibiotics it didn't do anything um i eventually you know i, I televisited with my general practitioner a couple times to, to look at it and that was where the antibiotics came from that didn't do anything and so she suggested i see a podiatrist i did a televisit with a podiatrist a while back many months ago at this point uh, and the podiatrist looked at it, asked me some questions, you know, look at the video or whatever. And basically within a shockingly short amount of time, let's say two and a half minutes said, yeah, that's got to come off. What? <laughs> and Like in the nonchalant way that you could imagine a podiatrist saying that, like with no, what? no fanfare, uh, not the toe, oh. the toenail. Oh, oh, that's better. Does that sound, does that make it better? I mean, I, I know what you're thinking. I don't know. It's like, you know, uh, half a worm and half an apple. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. And so I was like, really? Like you jumped, there was no, you know, you jump right from, okay, let me look at it. Okay. How does it feel? Okay. This, okay. That's got to come off. Wait a second. It's like, whoa, aren't there steps between? That's got some very serious uh, Dr. Harris from uh, Parks and Recs vibe. Yeah. I feel like that's, that's like, so what I said was, okay, well, let's, Let's break this down here. Uh, if I don't do anything about it, what's the worst that can happen? You know, do you think I could nurse this back to health on my own? Uh, you know, all the sorts of questions like that. And the basic answer was, uh, I don't think it's going to get any better because I'm a podiatrist and I look at freaking toes all day. I didn't say this exactly, but it's what I'm no, I understand. Trouble. It's implied. Right, so yeah. I, like, I, I already told you within two minutes that, you know, I'm going to oh. take your effing toe, as they say in Kill Bill, uh, to paraphrase, <laughs> or toenail. Uh, but if you want to do a thing where you think you can nurse this back to health, go ahead. And I said, well, how long should I give it? Like, what kind of window of time should I give it to see if I can nurse this thing back to health? He said, ah, a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks. Uh, he said, you know, soak it in some warm salt water every day and take care of it and do this and do that. And if it's going to come back to health, this is going to do it. But if it doesn't, yeah, just give me a call in a couple of weeks. Like, it's not going to kill you. Right. So I'm <laughs> like, OK, doc, fine. Um, so that's what I did to care of my toe. Did some soaking, did all sorts of things, tried to nurse it back to health. And the thing is, it did get slowly get a little bit better. Like it was less red. It was less puffy. It was less painful. It was less irritated. But it never actually got better. Like it was still, you right. compare it to the other toe, like first of all, the nail still looked all that's messed a, up. That's a long time to have that. Mm, mm, like it sounds like it wasn't getting so much worse, but definitely not getting better. That's a long time for that not to resolve on its own. To think a home remedy could fix it. 
I mean, it wasn't it wasn't getting back to normal. It was getting better as yeah, in plateaued. each day was yeah, each day was, huh? Yeah, each okay. day was better than the previous day, but it wasn't ever getting back to normal. And the toenail itself was going downhill. Now, so here, here I am. Ugh. I don't know what the it's not Dorian Gray, but anyway, whatever literary analogy you the want to make, I'm taking pictures. <laughs> I'm taking pictures of my toe every day on my phone. Right. Because I, because you can't trust your memory of like, it doesn't look worse today than it did. So I take a picture of my toe oh, every day. I'm putting it into a toe album on my phone oh. and I'm looking at it and you go through the things and it's like, it may be feeling a little bit better now than it did before, but it's looking worse. The toenails getting yellow and uh. it's, it's not growing. The toenail is not, all my other toenails are growing because I'm clipping yeah. them, right? This toenail is not growing as evidence from the, from the photos. But then I was starting to get up. I'm like, well, well, you know, I'm, I'm past a couple of weeks. I'm like, well, I feel like it's getting better. I'm not going to call up the toe butcher and have him take my toenail. I'll just keep nursing it like this, because even though it is getting better super slowly, if trends continue, eventually it will be fully better. Uh, and then I was like, well, I'm not sure if it's going to get fully better, but it's WWC week. So I don't really don't want to be dealing with this now. And then after WWC week, I was like, oh. and, you know, I look at the pictures and I look at the toenail and I'm like, this toenail is not getting better. <sighs> it's still irritated about where, around where the toenail is coming out. The toenail ah. itself has not has not grown a millimeter. It's exactly the same as it was. Ah. It's all yellow and gross looking. Okay. okay. All right. So yeah. I made because you know, at this point, at a certain point, I switched to hoping it would get better. I switched uh-huh. to hoping it would just fall off. Right. Because uh-huh. you hear about that. Right. Like someone yeah. hurts their toe. And then, like, the toenail comes off and everyone is all skeeved out by it. Well, it's, part of it also is, like, is, is the toenail the symptom or the problem, right? Like, it's it like, well, it's, oh, we just got to have to get the toenail off and then everything will be fine. It's not the toenail that's causing the problem, is it? Well, the, the, what the podiatrist tells me is basically, like, if you're, you know, if you're, if it's the very first question he asked me is, like, has this toenail ever had any trauma? I'm like, yeah, when I was 13. He's like, it yeah. doesn't matter. You get, you have any kind of trauma to a toenail. Uh, it doesn't take much, and eventually those chickens come home to roost. And what happens is, it, the toenail basically becomes detached from the from the place oh, where it was growing. Okay. Okay. Right. Mm. So, like, well, I don't know if detached, detached. I'm not using the wrong terms, but basically, like, your body and the toenail are no longer friends. Right? Yeah. And so, it, so as far as your toe it's is a, concerned, it becomes your toenail has become estranged. Yeah. So as far as your toe is concerned, there's this big hard thing shoved into it. So if you can imagine someone taking a piece of wood and sliding it under your oh the little God. you know cuticle of your toenail, that's what your body thinks is happening. It's like I don't, I don't know what the hell this is, but all I know is it's a hard thing sticking into me, oh, irritating God. me. Okay, okay. So that's why my toe is irritated around. Mm. It's not infected with bacteria because I'm taking really good care of it and everything, but it is red and irritated. The same way you'd be red and irritated if you had like a splinter or some other piece of thing shoved under your you know what i mean yeah like you know any any kind of like an invasive trauma thing like that and your 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 body is uh, i'm not a doctor i'm not even a podiatrist but like it's um your body's confused about what it's supposed to do with this and all it knows that it wants to reject this foreign what it perceives as a foreign object right and so it's not it's not connected it's not growing anymore right it's just this thing there but it's still stuck to my you know the the thing that's underneath the toenail like it's not coming off because it had it was injured when i was 13 years old for 30 years it's been stuck to me it's not coming off it was kind of coming disconnected on like some of the areas eventually i'm praying for this thing to fall off and it's like because he asked me does it feel loose and every day i'm checking do you feel loose does it feel loose it does not feel loose I mean, it's like it's not coming off. Hmm. So eventually I said, you know what? I'm clipping this thing down because I could see that it wasn't like attached around the edges. So I clipped down all the way down to see where are you still connected toenail? I clipped it oh, way, way down. God. <laughs> and it's still connected in a fairly large spot. Uh, and now it's like, all right, well, I've done all I can. I put this off long, way too long. It's not coming off on its own. 
Uh, it's clearly not a viable toenail. Oh, God. Okay. F this toenail. I have to get it taken <laughs> F off. this particular toenail. Exactly. Because if you, like, honestly, if you looked at the album, yeah. you'd be like, oh, like. Yeah, I imagine that Google Photos has put together a pretty <laughs> yeah, stunning me- animation for 2020 you. memories. This will be extremely appropriate animation. Like when, you, like when you draw in the corner of a, of a book, you know? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Just like a flip book I'll make flip out of book, it. Yeah. Great. Toe flip. Yeah. So, uh, you know. I made the appointment. I mean, to, to the to the podiatrist's credit, he didn't say, well, 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 look who's coming back. The guy I talked to three months ago said he was going to take care of himself. Well, guess what? Oh, didn't I tell John you Craig, what? To it's like, John Craig, too, confidence. I, 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 gave, I gave you the right answer before. I'd be like, I'm going to take care of myself. But he's like, whatever. Yeah, how was um, WWDC, smart guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I went, and here's here's the mistake. At, well, is it a mistake? You tell me. Okay. What I did early on, Right after I got the, we did the first visit, and he's like, I, I, t- I got to take that, you know, give me, give me that toenail. That's just that's a garbage toenail. It's got to come off. The very first thing I did after I got off the call with him was Google for toenail removal procedure, right? To see what, what does this entail? <laughs> I do not recommend no. that you Google that. No. But no. in some respects, I'm glad I did because I knew what I was in for. I, I, and I John, can tell you. You have no idea. I'm sorry I'm making noises. I have to turn off the TV when there's a commercial for toe fungus ads, it's too upsetting to me. It's, and it's, it's not, not helping I'm not, to imagine I'm not a fan my friend's busted ass toenail. It's it's so important that after you finish this segment, the word toenail or toe <laughs> never appear on this show ever. I don't even want to hear about a tow truck. I don't homonyms are banned. I don't I don't like this either. But I did look at it and I said, and that's part of the reason I said, let me I'm gonna try to nurse this back to health myself because I want no part of that that I just saw in yeah. Google images i want no part of that i don't want that i don't want to i don't want to even want to have seen it but it's too late for that now but i certainly don't want it to happen to me but eventually here i am like months later i just it's wait so know. i'm so I'm, hang on so you you did go in and did you get the procedure yeah also well, what i was saying is I, I had googled for it so i knew what i was in for so yeah okay. i i made the appointment i had to because i i had exhausted every other oh, i think i think you i think right? you did the right thing and arguably maybe well just an opinion i, I would have done it earlier but I, I I respect your your journey. I think on this. I did it at the right time because, I, like I said, I was always monitoring it. I didn't want it to get worse. But as soon as I had I had trimmed it down, and it was just <sighs> clear that this is not okay. coming off on its own. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like okay. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do this procedure myself. Did you get home. a local, or what do they give you? Do you want me to just? I was going to skip over that part for our squeamish listeners. Do you want me to give you the save it for the, the after show? Save it for the after show. The bullet points. No, no, no. We have another after show. People oh my say, god, you're obsessed with this freaking movie. <sighs> you're obsessed with this movie. You do that. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I, I went in for the procedure. It was it was nice. I was the only person in the whole office. I just think the audience, I'm sorry, John. I think the audience, after after sitting through you talking about your toe mm-hmm. for so long, I think you owe it to the listeners to say, <laughs> you don't have to describe the, the exact process, but so where are you now? If you want, cut out that part. It'll be like, you know, when you first see, uh, you know, you see the people on the bed, then you cut to them, you know, having uh-huh. breakfast. Yeah, right. Well, it's a little bit different than that, I hope. Mm. Uh, depending on how you do it, I guess. One on the floor, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So anyway, I went in the. I do. I do want to describe some of the the COVID things that I thought were neat about the you know the precautions, right? Oh yeah, sure. So of course, of course, everyone's all masked up. Um, I'm the only person there. Um, they had like you know when you go to doctor's offices, like a little you know you go up to the little uh, cutout in a wall where the receptionist is, and you check in and all that stuff, right? <laughs> um, that was there. But they had a giant piece of clear plexiglass. Like it was, it wasn't one of those places that has a window. It just had an opening. But they stuck a piece of plexiglass, like in a bunch of like bookcase holders or whatever, 
just like a big plexiglass shield, like almost entirely filling the opening between you and them. And then they had huh. um, a piece of office furniture, like the the sort of waiting room furniture, shoved up against the little wall so you couldn't get closer than X number of feet to it because there's a piece of furniture there. And then they had one of those stickers on the floor with two footprints to say, stand here, dummy. That all so, sounds very smart. So they were like, we, history has shown that merely putting the sticker on the f- ground is insufficient. People will walk right up to the glass and shove yeah, their you, nose you gotta into like, it. you got to treat them like an incoming inmate. Like you got to put handprints on the wall and footprints on the thing. And you know what I'm saying? Like I think those kinds of cues are, are super helpful. Yeah. I mean, it was confusing to me because I was like, so is that the window I go to? Because it looks like it's not like an act, especially because there was nobody there when I first came in because like the, the office is like a ghost town. So I'm like, that, that window must be closed. There's a piece of furniture in front of it. I'm like, but there's a sticker on. The- anyway, I figured it out eventually. Yeah. So they were super serious about everyone staying super far away like that. Good. Um, And yeah, it, the good thing about me being, you know, over six feet tall and this being a toe thing is I was always six feet away from the mask doctor. And, you know, anyway. Oh, I see. I, I see. I see. Yeah, because okay. I'm, I'm way up there and he's down there by the toe. Well, how are you recovering? Uh, well, the, the only details I give is like it's local yeah. anesthetic. Okay. Um, so you're awake injection, to both Like things. an injection or not, not like an unguent? I don't want to go into any more details, but okay. it's local. <laughs> you oh, don't want to do they shoot it. it under the toenail? You don't, I don't want to stop. <laughs> do, they, not, do they put the needle under the toenail? Not, God. Once again, I want to thank everybody for going to GiveSyracuseYourMoney.com so you can enjoy this premium content. No, this isn't the main show. You're okay, all right. You're six confused. feet away. He's he's shooting your toe. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, okay. um, and the other thing is, I took off my glasses, so I couldn't see what was going on, which is a, a luxury I'm afforded by having terrible vision. Okay, all right. That's smart. That's smart. <laughs> I took off my glasses, and then I also looked away. Mm-hmm. Uh, belt and suspenders, because <laughs> again, don't want to know part of that. So, all right, we'll save it. Save it. Yeah. I, yeah. But anyway, that that super hurt a lot. Um, okay. And okay. then I, another mistake I made was I assumed I knew it was going to be local. I knew all about the procedure. I'm like, well, I, you know, I know when I come home from the dentist, mm-hmm. if you ever get like Novocaine, your mouth is numb for hours after, right? Yeah. So I'm like, okay, well, when I come home, my toe will be super numb. So no big I, I deal. I would not try any like sick skateboard tricks for a while. Right. Well, I was driving and of course all my cars are stick shift, right? And so the it was just my left big toe. So it's the, that's my clutch foot. And I'm like, well, but it doesn't matter. I'll still be numb, right? It, you know, I'll have no problem driving myself home from this appointment. <laughs> in my stick shift car miscalculation number one is the the numbing is not as efficient as you think it is i think about i think about when i've had i have one had my wisdom teeth removed um and they they i'm pretty resistant to drugs and so they 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 you know shoot it into your gums the novocaine and i was like yeah yeah can can i get like a lot more of that And the, the part I remember being so upsetting, and I'm so sorry. I'm so, so sorry, everyone. I can't believe this show is canceled. Um, what I remember in particular was, uh, and then they gave me something that made me a little bit dopey, like a mm. little bit out of it. I don't think it was the Michael Jackson drugs, but it was mm-hmm. a little bit of a, you know, kind of feeling. And mm-hmm. what, I, what I really super remember is having this feeling of like, oh, it doesn't hurt, but I definitely feel you tearing a tooth out of my mouth. And it feels very strange. Is it kind of like that where like you're disembodied that you can feel it, but you can't really feel it, but you know, it's uh, something's happening. It was worse than that during the procedure, but the after time, like despite you could tell that a whole bunch of it was numb, a whole bunch of it wasn't so numb mm-hmm. very quickly. Um, I mean, I know so when, I fall, I am, when I, when I fall asleep on the couch and then consequently my, my feet kind of fall asleep, I can, I stand up and I might, I'm like a, 
I'm not even a weeble. Like I, I, I just, I, I want to go straight down. Like I'm ah, 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 like, I don't trust this. Like, you know, I f- literally feel like I don't have my feet under me. It's like, I don't have control over these. And I should have realized that before. It must be a little bit like that. Were, were you trying to keep your wife from getting sick? So you went alone? Is that the idea? Oh, she was at work. Hmm. Next time you got to bring a friend. You got to bring a friend. Yeah, I was, no, I, I, made, I made it as a, like a lunchtime appointment because it's a 30 minute appointment. Like it's just not, it means it seems much longer when you're there, let me tell you. But, um, right. but yeah, like, so I'm back in the car and like I said, the first miscalculation was I thought it would still be numb. The second was, uh, well, it's a short distance from my house, right? So even if it hurts in the car, how many shifts is that really between home and the thing? It's, it's not very far away. Turns out they closed a lane on one of the major roads I had to take. And I was stuck in stock and stop and go traffic for like 45 minutes oh, God. on my stick shift car with oh, my very, God. very dirty toe. So oh, John. that was an, an inauspicious start. And by the way, I asked for like sort of care instructions, like, okay, well, you know, you're all mm-hmm. set later. Like, um, you know, I'm leaving the thing. I'm like, well, what do I do with this now? Because it was all bandaged up. Right. Yeah. Um, and I said, oh, just, you know, leave that bandage on tonight. Just don't, don't mess with it today. Uh, and then tomorrow when you wake up, uh, just take the bandage off completely. Uh, just take a shower. And then when you get out of the shower, just get some like Neosporin or something, spread it on there and hmm. put another bandage on there. And then just, you know, do that. Uh, and I said, pain stuff. He's like, I oh, just take Tylenol or Advil if it hurts or something. Right. Tylenol or Advil. Like I don't, I'm, I'm not big on pain relief. I usually be able, like to feel what the pain actually is. I, so am, I, I, I take a lot of those kinds of pills. Um, and uh, I would not want to count on those to help me over much with my hurdy toe. I mean, I don't think it wasn't like it, that. I think that's the appropriate pain medication. I mean, it could take like, the edge off, as they say. Yeah, that, but, I mean, that's all it really needed. Like it, yeah, it's, it's one right. of those things where where just when you're sitting there, it's not a real big deal. The problem is you have to walk on it, and that's where it gets ouchy, right? Yes. But but you, if you just keep your foot up, like it'll be fine. But anyway, I took Tylenol when I got home that very first uh, you know afternoon. But didn't take anything after that. Um, but I can tell you that the advice about like, oh, just, you know, when you wake up the next morning, just take all the bandages off, go take a shower and then put a new bandage on. That is some BS, let me tell you. Because was it stuck to it? Well, first of all, of course, of course it is, right? I, oh, I bled man. through the bandage on the first night, oh, right? Boy. Like woke, woke up and my little bandage was all red and everything. And then, yes, absolutely. It was stuck to it. Okay. All right, but, but that's not the real BS thing. The real BS thing is, okay, well, you peel all that crap off, just hop in the shower, you'll be fine. Hmm. I didn't trust that advice to begin with, so I said, before I hop in the shower with this, let me take my now painfully unbandaged toe and just drip a drop of water off my fingertips mm-hmm. from the sink can test onto the water toe a little bit. to see what that's going to feel like. And it was incredibly painful. Really? <laughs> like like nope. super sensitive, like when you like cut your nails too short, but worse? Oh, well, it's incredibly bad. Okay. Like, like putting lemon juice into a thousand paper cuts underneath your toenail. Yeah, I don't think I'd like that. No. So I put a plastic bag over my toe and duct taped it closed and you know, over my foot and duct taped it closed. Took a shower that way. Uh, anyway, long story short, um, I've been nursing it back to health for about a week. I, I, you know, didn't get it wet in the shower and put a new bandage on every day and put on a Neosporin. And now I'm at the point where there's no bandage on it, no Band-Aid, no nothing. Uh, it's still... A little bit painful, especially if I want to put a sock or a shoe on it. But just hanging around like idle like this, eh, I can still feel it there. But it's you know it's healing. It's it's not great to look at, uh, but mm-hmm. it's slowly, slowly. It never stopped you before. Healing. I mean, I, I wouldn't at this point. You got so much momentum to your slideshow. 
Yeah, I, I kind of tapered off. I did take some during pictures. <laughs> to, to be able to show your family? Yeah. I probably should have taken more, mm. but I was in too much pain. But yeah, mm-hmm. no, after the procedure was done, yeah. I, I, I took a, you know, in the beginning picture and then nothing for the procedure. And then after, before it got wrapped up, I said, wait, 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 let me take some pictures. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. And the, you know what you know, the guy says? He says, wait, hang on, let me, let me clean it off because he wants to, his work to look good. Right, so he da- he dabs the blood away with gauze. Okay, now take it. Oh, that makes sense because you never know what's going to show up in a could be in a court exhibit someday. And so this is a little over a week ago. Uh, yeah, I was like, okay. last, yeah, exactly a week ago, last Tuesday. All right, cool. Um, I hope it mends. I mean, I I won't ask you to visit this upon our our poor listeners, but I would love to hear like uh you know how the uh the you know the nail grows back. Well, that's there may be future updates because that was you know I'd researched this so I knew this was coming. But you when were I came, a monster. Right, when I came when I came in, the doctor says, "Okay, well, there's two ways we can go with this. We can take it off, uh, you know, we can take the nail off or, uh, just temporarily, or we can take it off permanently. And mm-hmm. by permanent, they mean they put like this chemical on the place where the nail grows that basically like chemically burns it, so no new nail grows there. That's the permanent solution. Dear God, why would you do that? Because uh, I asked them, like you know, I. I didn't tell him. I researched on the internet, so I know all about this. But they love when you do that. By the yeah, way, I did not say that, but I mm-hmm. I asked questions based on that knowledge, and I said, okay, well, what do you think are the odds that this nail grows back normally? Because the main problem is if you have any screwed up nail and they take it off, it's not like a beautiful new nail grows back, and you're like, wow, look, it's beautiful nail. It always grows back weird, like mm. it's it's messed up. It doesn't grow back the right way. It grows oh, back boy. more ingrown. It's like it's all sorts okay. of issues. It grows back all rumply or wavy. or doesn't grow oh. back evenly. Right, because it's screwed uh-huh. up, like it's injured. Yeah, yeah, because whole... uh, of the uh, traumatic injury from the weight, and uh, that's altered your DNA or something. <laughs> well, no, like, and also the removal of the toenail is a uh-huh. traumatic procedure, too, you, right? Okay, and so he says, uh, not high. The chances of growing back normal are not high, huh. right? And I said, but they're not zero, right? Because permanent means permanent. Like, they do that little chemical thing, you're, no toenail is ever growing back. So what I said was, yeah, and he eventually agreed this is a reasonable thing to do, Let's give it a shot. Like, let's let's give this thing a chance to grow back normal. And, if, and I said, what happens if it grows back screwed up? I can always get it taken off again. This like, sounds yeah, sure. like a quack, John. What, why would that not be the suggestion from this professional? Why is it up to you to decide that? Because uh, just like he has the experience to know that that nail needs to come off from looking at it for two minutes, he probably knows that, the uh, as he said, the odds mm-hmm. of this thing growing back normal are very low. I get it. <laughs> right? He's mm-hmm. just been all in there. He knows what the deal is down in there. Uh and the odds of growing back low, uh, normal are low, but I'm going to give it a shot. So I said, let's do the temporary one, which I may regret because temporary means maybe I'm coming back, signing up to go through this whole thing again six months from now, right? Mm-hmm. Which is not going to make me happy. But anyway, so that's yeah. that's the deal. Right now, I've got nothing down there except for a, a big mess, but certainly no toenail. <laughs> um, but in theory, it's going to start to grow back. And when it does, mm-hmm. if it grows back screwed up, I can try to manage it. I can try to guide it. I, I don't care how it looks as long as it comes out and becomes a normal toenail in some fashion fine i'm mm-hmm. fine with it but if it starts growing the wrong way or becomes ingrown that's a problem so hopefully i don't regret my decision to give it a chance to grow back wow that is a journey well i hope you'll keep it all to yourself in the future yeah tune in for a future episode when merlin tells us about his various colonoscopies that'll be great This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by ExpressVPN. You can learn more about ExpressVPN right now by visiting expressvpn.com slash diffs. Hey, you know, I think it's fair to say we all want to browse the internet. 
I know I do. I love to browse the internet. But you want to do it without the rest of the world watching you and knowing what you're doing. Gross. And yeah, we know about incognito windows, but did you know that even in incognito mode, your online activity can still be traced? Shock and horror. That's really bad. It doesn't matter where you get your internet from. Your service provider can see every single website you've ever visited, and that is why you need ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers, so your internet service provider cannot see the sites that you visit. Shh, that's just for you. It's available on all of your, uh, as we say, connected devices, uh, phones, computers, even your smart TV. So there is no excuse for you not to be using it. I said it before, I'll say it again. I think you need to get you a VPN. And, uh, you know, you can go and get ExpressVPN right now. You know, they, they protect your online activity uh, with the VPN rated number one by CNET and Wired. Perhaps you've heard of them. So right now, I want you to go to expressvpn.com slash diffs. That's D-I-F-F-S. And you can get three extra months for free on the one-year package. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash diffs to learn more. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. I have a, a very short COVID anecdote. I, I, <laughs> Does it involve I, toes? No, no. It's just... Yeah. So I'd gone to the drugstore I hate going to the drugstore. First of all, like the, it was just one of those days where nothing was going my way in, in the like, could everyone please stay very far away from me today feeling. It was one mm-hmm. of those days where there was a bunch of new, you know, cases. And I was just like, and uh, we're continuing to lock further down. And of course, we're worried about, you know, school and everything. But anyway, people were three abreast on the sidewalk. I get to Walgreens. It's, it's, it's like The Walking Dead. People were just wandering around like, the aisles. I'm so everybody move, everybody, please get some decisiveness to your movement. So, okay. So long story short, I go to this, I, I, John, on the best day, I don't like going to our Walgreens. It's a terrible, terrible Walgreens. And even on the best day, I don't love going to the pharmacy because even though I am not a weirdo, <laughs> um, and there's a bunch of sick people there. That's why they're at Walgreens. And so anyway, I'm I'm in my socially distanced line. And of course, I'm always behind the people who are like getting a new mortgage. I don't know what they're doing. They brought an elderly relative and a lot of bottles. They got expired coupons. Expired coupons. There's so many questions. And good, great. I'm glad you're getting help. But like, can I just, is there a way I could do a curbside pickup where I just give you these, you give me these three bottles, you know, throw, throw them in the head, throw the whip. You just throw cash out the window. And you, you just drive yeah. by and you're on your scoot scoot and they just throw you the bag. You throw them the whip. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so finally... It's almost my time, and this this person in front of me is there in line, and um, and it's going through a whole thing. Got to go over all these drugs. Is this available in generic? And da 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 da. Um, mask around her neck, and about about five or six of these. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "Are you kidding me? Can we not? Could?" And and so finally the uh the 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 you know that one lady at Walgreens that always uh you know yells wants to yell my name and my address. Um she finally says, Could you please put your mask all the way on? And I I didn't couldn't see her face, but I think she was rolling her eyes just a little bit. But the the coughing person. It's like why even I see the people with it around that I call that. Why do you even have the mask if it's clear that you're not gonna actually put it on at the at the most critical time when it needs to be on? Like, why did you bring it with you? Is your neck cold? 
I mean, no, I I agree. It's it's not dissimilar from the like, no, your nose needs to be inside too. I, I'm a, haha, it's funny, but it, it, seriously, like you need to do that. Like a lot, a lot of people are dying. Like seriously, my. Anyway, so so this. <laughs> and, and, and and could you, Did you please, turn back to the line and said, "Don't worry, I smoke." <laughs> Very funny, but. That goes on for a while. And then finally, I can tell from the tone that it's it's starting to wrap up a little bit. Do, do you remember the scene in Caddyshack when Ted Knight says to the bishop, uh, you know, the, the joke about the Jew, the Catholic, and the color boy? And then the guy turns around, and you see he has the priest collar on. Vaguely. It was a nurse. Mm. The, coughing, the coughing person was a nurse in a nurse or a, a nurse or a some kind of a tech in the garb. With the with the you know <laughs> signage of a local hospital, that 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 person coughing with the mask off, where, where where the Walgreens person had to say, "Please put your mask on." Yeah, yeah, maybe not that was a medical professional. Nurse. Did you see the uh, Twitter viral Twitter Twitter thread about the woman complaining about her mom, her mom who was a nurse for thirty something years, no, but refuses to wear a mask because Fox News has eaten her brain. Even though she was a, even though she was a nurse for thirty years and understands all about all the all the tech and can recite all of the technical stuff about infectious diseases, like yeah, but and then insert Fox News. I wonder if somebody like I'm not trying to explain this away, but just in terms of seeking to understand, I wonder if it's not that you feel invulnerable, but in the same way that teachers get sick differently than you and I do, there's some kind of an immunity thing going on with teachers. Like, why are teachers not sick all the time? You know what I mean? And I wonder if there's something that happens where you get a certain... I'm trying to avoid um, negative connotations, but not cockiness exactly, or, or vulnerability, invulnerability, but like, I wonder if there's something you develop as a medical professional where you think, eh, it won't get me. Maybe, but that wasn't this person's problem. This person's problem was that they were a retired nurse, and since retiring, they had been convinced that it's not... Did you see the responses to Melania Trump's tweet about please everybody wear a mask there's a there's a couple of oh my god you're so pretty but most of them were like oh man i'm so disappointed in you fake news um no thanks (laughs) you know do you know that causes fungal disease and is killing our children yeah Yeah. all right here i've got the thread i will put it in uh, if people really want to read this uh it starts off with saying uh that this person's mom got a pulse oximeter Mm-hmm. And she she asked, uh, the mom asked the daughter to put on the mask and check to see how her blood oxygen lowers. And of course it didn't because it doesn't. No. And that's what she gets into the whole story. It's like she was a nurse for 30 years. She wore a mask all day long. She know, anyway, I will put the thing in the show notes if you want to read, read and be depressed. There was a really good uh, video going around of a, of a woman with, and I mean, I can't, I'm not here to endorse the science of what she's doing, but it was a good demo. It's this woman, this young woman who has asthma. And has to use, I believe, a rescue inhaler. And she said, hi, everybody. Like, I, you know, hey, I, uh, it's really hard for me to breathe. But, you know, it's really important that you wear a mask. So here's, here's me with a pulse oximeter on my finger with no mask on. And here's me with, and then she goes on, three different masks. And in all cases, like she's hitting in the, like, mid to high 90s. It's, but you know what I do get? Because, like, even just going uphill from where my office is, um, I do sometimes, I, how can I put this? It's not that I can't breathe. It is that I, it is a little bit claustrophobic on the inhale. Yeah. It's but, mouth but, claustrophobia. But like sure. everybody, but like everybody said, if you think it's hard to breathe now, what do you have COVID? Yeah. But I don't know. Anyway, and I just got home and, and I, and I went in 
to uh, my wife was uh, we, we do this uh, we do this Charlie Bucket thing, uh, Charlie Bucket's grandparents thing, where we just lay in bed in the afternoon. My wife is there, and I'm like, I'm gonna go wash my hands, but, but then I'm gonna come back because I have an anecdote for you. And I was I was livid. I was so mad. You know, I mean, hey, people wear a mask. You know why I'm saying that? You know why I'm saying that? I'm saying that because some of you aren't. Like a whole bunch of you aren't. And it's it sucks. This sucks so freaking much right now. Yeah, especially my, my own kids. I I mean, when they're with me, I make them wear them. But they go off on their own and do things. And are they wearing them when they're not with me? Probably not, because kids don't know anything and think they're invulnerable. Yeah. Yeah, and, and again, I mean, like I, I showed you that picture of the place near where I work, which I thought would be closed by Newsom's announcement yesterday. But I guess... Because they're giving you your drinks outside, they're still open. And like, yeah, there's still people out there just, you know, no mask, doing their thing. There was some kind of like, uh, you know, Fraulein Maria thing going on in the park yesterday where these these families and all their kids were playing together. And I was like, man, I don't want to be a jerk or a spoil sport. And I definitely don't want to be a narc or, a, you know, snitch. But really, I mean, people, I know it's tough. I, I get that. I, I super get that. I mean, if my kid was one or two right now, I'd be losing my goddamn mind. But people, please, just do your part. If we come back here in two weeks and this is a lot worse, I'm going to be extremely upset. Speaking of Maria, this came up between my wife and I recently. Uh, don't worry me, blah, 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 right? Um, mm-hmm. Don't worry me, fa, what comes after that? Don't worry me, fa, so, la, Right, so, but no, just just the next one, just... After fa, you get so right. So how? Well, well, technically it's soul. Ah, that's what we were coming up with. I'm like, how do you just spell a, that? It, I think it. You get a sol. I think you just get an awkward slide with those two l's in a row. So, um, you do. So usually people say so. So what? What I found in my internet research because we we're like it was a crossword puzzle hint, I believe, and the answer was sol. Okay, right? and not sew, and certainly not so. Uh, but of course, we know the movie, but we don't know the origins of the little thingy. And apparently, according to the Internet Science site, the thingy is a thing. Uh, I forget it's maybe French or Latin origins or something. And there's there's spelled syllables for each one of the sounds. But in yeah, the movie, right. when Maria teaches it to the kids, she doesn't teach them the actual French or Latin or whatever the hell they are things. She teaches them English words. Yeah. Well, no, you saw you saw Hamilton. I mean, you know. Right. Well, right. she teaches them English words that sound like the thing. So, oh. of course, we know from the song, so a needle pulling thread, S-E-W. Okay. Because that sounds a little bit like so S-O-L, right? Mm-hmm. Because you need do, female, do. you need like English words that fit. And there's no English word that sounds like soul, I guess, S-O-U-L, I suppose. But Wait, they, they made those up for that movie? Hammerstein made those up? Right, but they're just sound alikes to the real things. The real—I forget what the real I things are no called. I had no idea. The real thing is a, a real thing from history for teaching, you know, musical blah blah blah. Right, but right, she like, didn't. Like but Philip, in like the movie, Philip's she's things. not yeah. teaching them the real thing. She's teaching them a kid version of it, where she makes okay. up English words that sound like them. Got it. That's wild. I, I absolutely did not. So know that's going to be that. important when you're doing the People Magazine crossword puzzle, and there's a hint, and it's like a, the, the one after fa. You're like, so right? Do they want me to write S O? No, it's three letters. They want me to write S E W. No, that doesn't fit. The answer is S O L, which Merlin knew, but now you now, now but, you know. But uh, you know, I, I get so mad about seven sometimes. It's like the it's like the letter W. Every English language character of our twenty six currently twenty six characters. Um, is a single syllable except for W. So they're all one syllable except for one of them that's three. It's, it's very duble-vay. frustrating. It's two Vs. Huh? It's double yeah, It's two well, Vs. It doesn't make it any better. But that's, <laughs> it's, that, well, it's got two syllables. It's got two Vs. But like for purposes of like 
in their mind, this is really boring. But like, you, <laughs> for, when you learn how to count, the alphabet song. What's that? For the purpose of the alphabet song. Well, I mean, when you like, like of all the things that you could call this layer on top of the internet that got started in the mid early mm, mid nineties. Oh, the triple W, yeah. W W W nine well, aren't, syllables. Aren't you glad we mostly ditched that though? Dob dob. <laughs> I'm trying to teach teach my daughter. Um, more things about like counting counting music because she can do quarter notes and she can do eighth notes. She's not having it. I'm trying to get her into 16th notes. I'm trying to get her to learn instrumental music versus dance count-ins. And I've been trying to, um, I don't know, just just uh, have that conversation. And like when I try to teach her like one he ended, two he ended, three he ended, she, she's not having it. She's not interested in all at all. We used, to, we used to count music together all the time. We'd listen to Genesis and, and count the songs together. I miss that. Maybe she'll be into Rick Beato. He teaches, he has all these music theory. This, he cracks me out. So, I, you know, we know Rick Beato, the guy who does music, uh, he does videos on YouTube where he'll... Well, he, plays, he, plays, uh, he plays songs he knows. Uh, he says, let me tell you why this song is great. It breaks down the song. Somehow he gets <laughs> isolated tracks to the main yes, yes, draw of the yes, channel. He gets we isolated tracks to famous your, songs. your boyfriend, Rick Beato. Good for yes, you. I do love him. All right. Anyway, he, but he, he gets isolated Adam tracks Neely, to, to famous songs and it's cool to hear them isolated and he yeah. talks about them. But he also has a whole other genre of video that he makes in the same channel that is ostensibly about music theory, right? Yeah. But every single one of those I watched just assumes you're already music theory, like at least you know the basics already. Mm-hmm. And I'm so lost in all of them because I don't know any of the oh. basics and I haven't found the Rosetta Stone to Rick Beato's music theory videos. Yet. I wonder who he thinks that's, I wonder who he thinks that would be for. I guess music students who like, who are already in music school and basically have taken these classes. But you know how like, sometimes I watch like the ones on like calculus and stuff. It's like, I learned all this in school, but it's been so long ago. Yeah. It's fun seeing a video going, oh yeah. And like sometimes seeing someone explain something that you already know, but in a different way can help you know it more. That's all I can think that this is for. Oh yeah. Oh no, I, I totally agree. Well, I mean, you know, I'm uh, sorry. I always got Hamilton on the brain, but that one dude, um, Howard Ho. Howard Ho's Hamilton videos are very good and talk a lot about music theory-ish things without you needing to know a ton of it. Um, and um, I mean, really ditto Strong Songs. Yeah, Strong Song goes over my head half the time, too. Because, I mean, what? I, the only reason I recognize the words he's saying is because I'm like, I recognize them for Rick Beato videos, you know? Oh, like, I, uh, I don't well, know on, anything You play guitar. How would you not know these things? I don't know any... I, I learned a guitar on my floor freshman year at college, quote-unquote learned. So I know nothing about music or music theory. W- were you sitting on your mat back then? Were you on your mat? Yeah, I I just okay. know. Yeah, I just know how uh, uh, you know a bunch of uh, freshman stoners taught me how to put my fingers on the fretboard and make noises, and then I learned mm. how to download Tab from Usenet. This is what I know about guitar. <laughs> you know, you know, a really good Rick Beato. Have you ever seen that one he does? It was a uh, thirty-six top whole note rests. <laughs> yeah, you, you you watch him for the same reason. Don't try to make fun of him. I know you watch the ones where they show the isolated vocal tracks to Boston songs, and you like them. Don't pretend you don't. I do. I do. I like it. Um, there was one, was it him where he got, was an X, was it an, an XTC song and maybe mm-hmm. even had one of the dudes there? No, it was probably a different series. No, I, I love stuff like that. No, he's just, he's just funny to me because it's so, he does these sort of clickbaity, you know, like wow. 35 top great. guitar outros and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And it's like, sometimes I'll fall asleep on the couch and wake up and those are playing and I'm like, oh, this is not what I want to see at four in the morning. I don't know. I mean, he's he's fine. He's fine. I think I think he's great. I think he is just a lovable, scruffy, increasingly scruffy. That's another thing about watching he's YouTube very now, watching people's hair get longer and longer. Um, yeah, yeah. If his videos are over my head, and yes, a lot of them are. You know, everything on YouTube is quote unquote clickbaity because that's how the machine works. So. Mm. 
I don't know, man. I will sometimes go out of my way to go into the web interface to say, don't show me this thing. I don't want to see Watch Mojo anything ever again. Watch I regret Mojo? The- I don't know. don't know what that is. Oh, dude. They post new videos every day. <laughs> I was like, pray for Mojo. Watch Mojo. <laughs> Stop recommending Mojo. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Squarespace. You can learn more about Squarespace right now by visiting squarespace.com slash diffs. Make your next move with Squarespace. Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain, award-winning templates, and more. Maybe you want to create an online store or a portfolio, a blog, a gallery, whatever it is you want to do, you got to get the Squarespace. Because Squarespace is an all-in-one platform that lets you build your own little home on the internet. There is nothing to install, no patches to worry about, and no upgrades are ever needed. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff because Squarespace has got it covered. They have award-winning 24 by 7 customer support if you ever need any help, and they let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name, and all of those award-winning templates are beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas. I've been using Squarespace many years, and I love it. So my personal sites are on Squarespace. The Roderick on the Line podcast is on Squarespace. I'm going to tell you a secret. You have no idea how many websites out there are running on Squarespace. And you know why? Because they look different. They look special. You drag, you drop, boom, it's Squarespace. You got to go and get it. Squarespace plans start at just $12 per month, which is hardly any money. But you can start a trial right now with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com slash diffs. That's D-I-F-F-S. When you decide to sign up, use that offer code diffs, and you're going to get 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain, and it will show your support for John Craig Syracusa. Once again, that's squarespace.com slash diffs, offer code diffs, get you 10% off your first purchase. Our thanks to Squarespace for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. I think we got a. Uh, well, actually, I think we might have a. Um, we probably have time for one topic. I think because we still have to do our uh, segment. But uh, mm-hmm. I think it's actually kind of related to our segment tonight, don't you think? Mm-hmm. This is, uh, this one's mine, I think. And we talked about this kind of a little bit, but we haven't walked like straight into it. How did this start? There was an episode months ago where we were talking about how did improv started the improv. Well, it didn't start with improv. I don't think I'm going to pivot to that in a second, but I think it started with um, something about because in the improv bit, I was saying like, well, it depends on what part of your brain you want scratched. Like I enjoy stand up and I enjoy improv, but there are definitely times when let me put it this way, just to, to get into this. There are times where, like, I I am so into watching 50 minutes of improv right now. And there's other times where I'm like, nope, I just want to see this John Mulaney special for the seventh time. Why? Well, we'll get to that in a second. But one part of that is what part of your brain do you want scratched? I wish I could remember where this came from. Not important. But we were talking about the ways that you um, choose. Oh, you know what it was? It was when I said the thing of, I wish we were talking about ratings and reviews. And I was saying, sometimes I just want to watch something fun. And right, like, and I don't know how to describe that except by example. Like an Edgar Wright movie is fun to me. It's very engrossing. Like I really, the more you watch, the more you win. But 
like there's times where I, uh, I mean, like I say, sometimes you just want to watch, I don't know, Porky's two or something like whatever the dumb version, maybe you want to watch, I don't know, maybe like a, uh, like a Jim Carrey movie or something, right? That's not really my tempo, but there are times when you do definitely want a certain part of your brain scratched or not scratched. And so what I'm proposing here and what I'm tossing out to you is we were talking about those axes of like, you know, is it good? Oh, I really feel like watching a three-star movie tonight. Well, I want to watch something fun, all right? Let's go into this. I want to watch something easy. Or you know what? I think I'm really finally up for watching that Tartofsky movie all the way through tonight. Where I'm, it's where it's going to be a little work. I mean, you know, good movies, but like you do need to read the subtitles. You do need to follow a lot of what is going on. You know, there are certain kinds of movies that are very challenging. The Godfather is very challenging in terms of, you know, sort of how long it is. Um, when I was a kid, that and Torah, Torah, Torah are the two movies I always remember were over three hours. But so like in that case, um, you know, maybe that's not the best pick right now. And so what I'm tossing out here is, is there something like an axis for, in the same way that I want an axis for, I just want to watch something fun. How much, well, I, I know how, how I would answer this. How much would you consider your available attention in deciding what you're going to watch now? I think this is more common than we might believe is there's, there's a trope related to this that I, uh, I do all the time, but I think lots of other people do as well. Like you've seen the, the jokes, the various jokes that have gone around ever since streaming services have been coming out. We just spend all night trying to pick things from Netflix. Exactly. The people spend a <laughs> lot of time. On criterion. I'll look at criterion for half an hour and just add movies without watching anything. Yeah, or people will just go through Netflix and and the, and the, just looking for something to watch for. Well, like especially that. especially now that there's no really home anything. I mean, it, it's everything is so chaotic in Netflix, and there is no end to anything. You can't even find your current list without having to scroll around and see where they put it this time. Yeah, because they want you to be algorithmically guided. Um, and I think the reason that 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 happens so much is because what you just described is a thing that everyone experiences to varying degrees. Basically. There is, you know, I don't think people are aware of it at this level, like in terms of which part of my brain do I want to be scratched. But under the covers, they like they know it when they see it, like pornography or whatever. Maybe that's what they're looking for. But like they they don't know which part of their brain they want to be scratched, but they can put a bunch of things in front of them and go, does this one match? No. Oh, sure. This one match? You're like, you're the baby no. with the shape, the shape sorter. And you're like, oh, all, all I know for sure, I could do process of elimination. I know of these five things. Right. These are three I for sure can take right off the it's, board. It's like, it's like the kid who doesn't know from looking at the triangle that if it's going to fit in the square hole, he has to pick up the triangle, try it in the square hole. Nope, doesn't fit. Chuck it. Interesting. Pick up the next okay. shape. Whereas you would think someone could just look at all the shapes and say, oh, I see the triangle. That's the one that's going to fit and not bother with the other ones. But I think a lot of people spend time in the Netflix interface. They don't know what they want but they know they want something and they have to put it in front of them and run like run it through their brain and say, if I was to watch that, would that scratch what I want? No. What about this? No. And sometimes they have some idea like, Oh, I'm in the mood for a comedy or I'm in the mood for a mystery or I want a sci-fi movie or or like I'm in the mood for a good cry. Yeah. So sometimes you have some idea and then you're just looking for something to fill that. Mm -hmm. But the level you're talking about is below that level. It's like you saw, all right, so you know you want to see a sci-fi movie because you're a big sci-fi fan and you're really in the mood for a sci-fi movie. What kind of sci-fi movie do you you want to watch? 
Based on what? Do you want to watch Solaris or Sunshine? Do you want something that you've seen before that you, like, because that changes it too. I think like you mentioned, like the Godfather and stuff. Some people put on Godfather as a comfort thing, not because it's not rich and long and requires standard, but it's because they've seen it so many times that they don't have to pay attention to it and just the comforting rhythms of it. That's me with The Aviator and The Big Lebowski, for example. Right, and and that, that's the same piece of media that when you first watch it, it was like a hundred percent attention. This is scratching one big part of my brain, and now it scratches an entirely different part because you've seen it so many times, hmm. and instead it fulfills a different role. Um, and I think the the happiness each of us have with like how frustrated people get about that experience. Oh, I hate I hate Netflix. I can never find something to watch. Like I, I just spend time scrolling through, and I just get disgusted, and I just go to bed. I realize I wasted forty five minutes scrolling through menus, and you know it's just. I get annoyed, right? That's that's an unsuccessful foray versus the people who sort of hone this or like pe- people who build up lists and organize their lists or whatever and sort of they actually know. They can look at the shapes and know the triangle one isn't going to fit. They don't have to try every single shape and try to jam right, it into the right, hole, right? right? Um, and I feel like I, you know, th- the experience I have of doing all this, of you know, I'm one of those people making all the lists or whatever, is that I can, I don't spend a lot of time scrolling through the interface. I have pre-sorted piles of things that I know I want. Even and even even if the answer is I don't want anything in any of my pre-sorted piles, I want something random, I can find it or find one or two candidates very, very quickly. And my hit rate is really high. Like and this I think is where you would probably pull up letterboxed. I mean, that's where I'll have my organized stuff, but sometimes I'm like, I already know that I don't want to see anything on my my watch list. I already know I'm in the mood for something else. And it's like you said, like sometimes in the mood, like I don't want my brain to be engaged. I want something Mm -hmm. that is just, like you said, just fun or entertaining. And I I tend not to put those on my watch list. And, you know, the algorithms help. Like Netflix's algorithm based on all the stuff that I watch, it actually is pretty good at recommending stuff to me. Right. And I can usually judge based by the synopsis the year it was made, uh, whether it was made for Netflix or was in the theaters. Like I can, I'm, I'm aware enough to be able to pick out a reasonable candidate of a TV show or movie. And give it a go. And my hit rate is really high for like stuff that I've never even heard of. I get just enough signal from friends, Twitter, the world or whatever that when the time comes that I'm in that particular mood, I'm like, it's one of these three things. And I just pick one of them and go with it. And it's, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm fairly successful. So, uh, but, but I know that that's not common. I think the more common thing is to be frustrated by the fact that you can't find the thing that itches that place, you know, you don't know where you need to be itched, but it's just so frustrating not to be able to well, find yeah, it. Well, it's like if you, you know, like if you wait too long to eat lunch and you kind of miss your usual window and then you can't think of anything that you would want for lunch. At least that happens to me a lot. It's all or just that like, you eat something that's too close to dinner and now you're like, you ate, but you don't want dinner. But but like at three o'clock, I'll just be like, uh, I kind of blew it with lunch and I don't really care about dinner, but I know I have to put something in my face. And then, you know what I mean? But it's, it, but, and then I'll find myself doing stuff like, you know, looking at takeout menus or opening Grubhub and seeing what I've gotten in the past as though I just don't understand how to make food go in my body. It's, it's, it's very odd. But I, I also like, I think, I mean, hmm, I, I, I also am a writer down of things. So like, like I think I said to you, I've got a notes file that's all stuff I want to watch. I got a notes file of things I want to watch with the family if mm. they'll allow it. Um, and that, that helps a lot. But even up to that point, I could pluck something off there and go like, oh, I'll, I'll watch Nathan for you again. Like, I never don't like Nathan for you. Or you know what's a crazy one is Pixar movies. It's so weird to me. It's so I'm not going to say the, the phrase because my daughter gets really mad at me when I say it. But like, I, I'll, well, she'll be like, you know, do you want to watch X? Like, let's say Ratatouille. Okay, the particular ones. Ratatouille, Wally. Um, those are the two big ones. 
And she'll be like, you, you into that? I'm like, oh yeah, those are good. I'll watch those. And like within seconds, you know, out there, there's a world outside of Yonkers, Barnaby. And I'm like, oh my God, I forgot. I love this movie. I love opening. every single inch of this movie. I love the roach. I love it all. I love Fred Willard. And I'm like, I'm so dumb. Isn't that funny? Like I'll think, oh, do I really want to watch an animated movie? But then I'll sit down and especially Ratatouille, which is such a goddamn weird movie. If you really think about it, Blank Check did a, a really good episode on Ratatouille. But, you know, it's just once they get rolling, I'm like, oh, man, this is this is really good. To some extent, Monsters, Inc. I think Monsters, Inc. is a little underrated. I think it's a really good movie. But, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's hard to tell. It's hard. I'll tell you what, what made me, one, one of the things, I, in trying to, like, kind of collect my thoughts for this, um, you know, remember when you, like, first have a kid um, and you have a, yeah, you have a baby in the house and you get baby brain, you know, you get really stupid and of course you're like really tired, but there's also that thing of like, I remember when, um, the woman who taught our, uh, prenatal class, this amazing series of classes I'll never stop crying about. Cause she helped me so much. And one of the things she says, it's going to be so frustrating to you and you need to prepare yourself for this. All your friends are going to say, catch up on sleep. Well, you can't catch up on sleep. And in addition to that, here's the part that's going to maybe drive you the most insane at some point in the first 14 weeks. At some point, your kid will go to sleep, but here's what you don't know. You have no way of knowing whether that child will sleep for five minutes or 10 hours. You will not know how long until the kid wakes up crying. So between tiredness, between baby brain, and between knowing I could be called away any second, I think that had an impact on the kind of stuff we would watch. I mean, we watched The Wire all the way around like three times while she was pregnant. We were not watching a lot of The Wire after the kid was born. You know what I mean? Because it's just, it's you. what I'm trying to get at is in the same way that I would not try to do a lot of interesting things with syncing before I get on a plane or putting a beta on something, I'm not going to undertake a very intensive, engrossing movie if I feel there's a pretty good chance I'm going to be interrupted for an unknown amount of time. I mean, you know, if you got to go lay down with the kid, well, movie night's over, right? So it's, I think it's kind of similar to that, not nearly as extreme as that. But I think, I think that's part of it is like you, you, there's some part of your brain that will reject my brain anyway, that will reject the idea of committing to this thing. If I know I'm not up to it or might not be up to it. Yeah. I remember that from the baby days for sure. Um, that's the, the magic of TiVo. That's when we, we got a TiVo, right? When we got our first child, just so we could live that lifestyle, which is, you know, at any moment you got to go down the fire pole, like the alarm goes off and you got to go, which means mm-hmm. you have to be ready to stop what you're doing in a moment's notice, which means you have to get something that, uh, that you can pause, but also that, like you said, you can consume in bite-sized pieces. You can, you can't really consume the wire that way. The wire is good for when you're just sitting on the couch and one of you is eight months pregnant and is not moving anywhere anyway. Mm-hmm. That's great because the baby's just in there and not making any noise and you can watch the whole episode in peace. All right. Maybe get up occasionally to get a snack or something, right? Once yep. the baby's out, you got to get something you can consume in pieces. And I, I, I remember that from the baby days, although, you know, it was mostly exhaustion. I remember from that. Um, but <laughs> I, I even found that in the, you know, right now in the teen days, with my two teens rattling around the house or just like in general with everybody home with the COVID stuff all the time, picking things to watch that I can watch in bite-sized pieces just because everybody's around and in the house. Like I don't, I don't watch them at, at night as much when I can watch them uninterrupted. It's more like, oh, after dinner. Like the kitchen is cleaned up. Yeah. What can I watch now while, you know, my wife is down doing something else or like she's, let's be honest, she's playing Pokemon Go. Um, before we watch something that we're going to watch together, right? We still will. We still use, we've, we've always, my wife and I have always used this phrase. 
And it's it's one of those dumb things you just say. We always call it a short, short subject. I'll be like, oh, before the food gets here and we jump into X movie we've chosen tonight, um, do you want to do a short subject? You know, and usually that's something I'll pick that could be like a YouTube video. But, you know, it's kind of that kind of thing, like a sort of like a. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, for me, it's something independent because I know we're going to watch an episode of like right now we're watching The Great, right? So that's the show we're watching together. So it's some oh, point is that good? Tonight, I got that. Is it good? Yeah, it's, it's cute. I like watching her. probably. She's I mean, in uh, she's in Totoro. Is she? She's May. Hmm. And her hmm. older sister is uh, Satsuki. Satsuki, yeah. Wow, mm-hmm. really? Time flies. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, it, it's it's cute. It's worth watching. It, that it, that it scratches a very particular kind of itch, so you'll know. There you once go. You start there watching. you go. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, before we both sit down to watch that, we both have to be done with whatever other random crap we're going to do. And if I'm done with my random crap, like I'm I'm done cleaning the dishes, but she's still playing Pokemon Go, I'll have a thing one of one of quote unquote my shows that I can watch, but I'm not going to watch a whole episode because I've watched the whole it. episode. She'll be ready and say, are you ready to watch the episode of The Great? And I'll be like, oh, I'm in the middle of this thing. And it's like, well, then forget it. We won't do it. And, and so I have to be watching something that I can interrupt, just like the baby waking up. And mm-hmm. so I find myself watching shows that I don't mind consuming in bite-sized pieces. Now, obviously, these are not going to be the normal type of shows that I watch because I watch these very dark dramas that uh, are an hour question, long. Question, are these, you've talked before about your t- the TV shows and the iPad shows, that there's some kind of like lesser mm-hmm. shows that you'll watch mm-hmm. on an iPad. Are these somewhat analogous to the shows you'd watch on an iPad versus the big screen? Not entirely, because sometimes I'm watching them on my iPad just because I'm watching them super late at night. Um, mm-hmm. And I, you know, I'm in, I'm in bed already. My wife is sleeping next to me and that that's an iPad show because I'm not going to have a TV on in the bedroom at that point. But I'm also not going to be downstairs because we don't have air conditioning downstairs. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. really hot down there. Right. So Ugh. it's sometimes like, but in general, you're right. In general, the, the, the sort of bite sized shows are iPad because then I can watch them anywhere. I can be sitting at the couch. I could be, you know, sitting at the kitchen table and watching just a little bit of a show. And, and there are shows that are I'm not going to say of lower quality, but they're, you know, Maybe they're lower budget. Maybe they're sillier. Mm-hmm. Um, it depends okay, on what... The, the, the small screen is not necessarily... Like for example, I stream, if it's not obvious from my tweets on the internet, I do stream cable news like sometimes through the day. And I, but I, run, I do that on my Amazon show. I just I talk to my mm-hmm. dingus and it plays it. And that's it's fine for that. I mean, I don't know if I'd want to watch Fury Road like that. But, you well, know, right, I think again, cinematic. Your, your brain knows. Your brain knows what, what it wants and doesn't want. But it's also funny how like what other people, other people's choices about that would seem outrageous to me, I'm sure. And in my, I'm sure you can relate to this, but in my old age, I mean, I mean, I, I, say, I feel like I knew this since I was into my thirties, but at the time I considered it in my old age, you become more honest with yourself about what it is that you want and why you want to watch it. Right. Mm-hmm. I find myself, I, I have no, I have no room in my mind for making excuses for me watching garbage. Like, I know why I'm watching garbage. Like, to give an example, I watched all of, uh, what the hell was that show called? I watched a lot of shows I can't remember. Um, White Lines. There we go. It was heavily advertised on Netflix and shoved in your face constantly. And so I started watching it. Uh, the, the 50% of the reason I was watching White Lines is it's one of those shows with beautiful photography and everybody in it is a model. Oh, I see. Right? Yeah, and okay. sometimes yep. you just want to see beautiful people. Wandering around beautiful scenery, and yes, there's some semblance of a plot, and it's very silly. I kind of feel that about Mrs. America. I mean, which which I did a big yeah, that, turnaround that on. That show, that show was yeah, massively overcast, <laughs> right? Well, you but, talk you talk about a murderer's row. My God, yeah, but, but but I mean that that was I think a good quality show. White Lines is not super top quality, but everybody yeah. in it is so beautiful, and all the scenery is beautiful, and everything is over color corrected, and it's all like, and honestly, 
I'm watching that when I'm on the mood to see a bunch of beautiful things and not engage my brain that much. Right? Sure, sure, sure. And, and if you're not willing to admit that to yourself, that sometimes that's what you need, you're going to make excuses. Oh, I'm watching it because it's a good mystery or because I like a crime show or I like the cinematography. I, it's like, I have no tolerance for that. It's like when my wife says, I'm not going to go to sleep. I'm just going to lay down. I'm just like, why don't you take an actual nap <laughs> like a person and call it a nap? I guess because yeah. she has dignity. Because you don't like want to be the type of, of person who takes naps. Huh? Because they don't want to be the type of person who takes naps. Oh, I, or I know. You don't want well, to be the type of person who watches a show because it has beautiful people in it. Well, guess what? I know. Some, a thing of beauty is a joy forever. Mm, that's true. It's Keats. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, boy, what, what, what is, there's a bunch of those for us. Um, but like, for example, last night, um, uh, sometimes I'll have a few false starts before I can find something that meets every, with everyone's approval. Or, and, I, and I do, look, I'm going to say this once, okay? I'm going to say this one time. I'm not proud of this. It is not at all unusual for me to say aloud, hey, if you girls are just going to look at your devices all night, I am not going to rewatch this show for the 15th time. I, I'm going to go <laughs> pick something more challenging because a kid will just have a thing on. It'll just needs to just need to have the thing yeah. on. And I'm like, no, like I, I have this criterion channel burning a hole in my pocket. <laughs> There's so much stuff. I, I couldn't get her into eight and a half, which bummed me out. I'm not even going to go anywhere near Hidden Fortress or Seven Samurai yet because they're so long and there's so much reading. But, or, or um, Rashomon, these are all things I want to like bring to her. Um, and, but like, so, <laughs> like I say, false starts, right? Like tipping over a Coke machine. And so, um, like last night, the, everybody was out of the room. So I, I just put on, um, I've been meaning to rewatch Cabaret for a really long time. And then for, for some reason, I was like, mm, I don't know about, you know, I'm like, this isn't quite right. Oh, but maybe, maybe I really want to watch all that jazz. Da, 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 da. So I pull up all that jazz. I'm going to watch all that jazz. She's totally bored with the beginning of that. I don't remember where we ended up, but like for the hour and a half that the three of us watched TV, I'm pretty sure it was, I think it was Parks and Rec or Office, which is kind of our default state. Like we just fall back, which, which honestly is fine by me. I'll be like, we'll be like, oh gosh, yes, right. Season four, this is so good. And so like right now at home, the girls had uh, tofu fried rice and they're restarting Veronica Mars from the beginning because they both loved it so much. And that first season's really good. So I don't know. Sometimes you have to also just, you know, capitulate to the desires of others. And sometimes if the kid's been real patient in particular, I'll hand to the remote and I'll say, you pick, you go anywhere you want to go. We can, we can watch those, these uh, terrible Star Trek episodes you love. <laughs> there's so much you know you you pick yeah that brings up another thing i think we've talked about earlier on the show way back when we were talking about listening to music uh maybe it was related to some, uh, something that you discussed with roderick like are are you an active listener to music right. or are you have do you have music on when you're doing other things and all your descriptions of your house makes it seem like there's definitely you're there's definitely people in your house who are, are willing and able to have television on while they're doing something else. And you are game for that to some degree, but maybe not as much as they are. Well, especially if it's a, it depends on the time of day in some ways. I mean, part, part of it is like, I, there's just, I, something I went around with, with my kid when, when, when she was little and I'm, I'm this is not meant as advice and it's not meant to make me seem like a, I'm trying to be some kind of super dad, but like my biggest thing in some ways was I'm not against the TV at all. I think it's ridiculous how much we demonize screens without talking about what we're doing with them. I mean, my kid has a Kindle and reads sci-fi books on there. That's okay. You can pick up that screen pretty much anytime you want. 
But of course, we've demonized television because we were all told it'll make us dumb. We're little. But you know, my, my line in the sand with her in some ways was, well, first of all, she, the one thing where we did listen to the advice was no screens till they're two. Um, but then, of course, you start introducing, you know, Sid the Science Kid or, you know, Dinosaur Train or whatever. My main thing was, especially as she got a little older and could watch more things, like, say, a Star Wars or something, is like, I just, I don't want you, oh, God, I don't want you consuming rapid fire, extremely short things for a very long time. I would be much more into you watching some kind of, of a movie that you will really enjoy. It could be a movie you've seen a million times, but I would rather you watch a very engaging movie than a nonstop barrage of very short videos. And that's exactly what TikTok is right now. But it's Why? such a source of comfort. Why, though? Why? Why would you rather her watch a movie than a bunch of short videos? Um, attention span, training, but also just engaging more with a narrative. Like, for example, I love the Netflix show, um, the CGI Barbie show. I always thought that was, I think people would be surprised how funny that show is and how like, but the segments are like, you know, six minutes long. You know, so why? Um, because my guess would be that um, being able to follow a narrative over that amount of time, an hour and a half or whatever, I would think that that's better cognitively and it will teach you to be somebody who can appreciate a piece of art without it having to change every few minutes. So I think that I, I feel the same common sense reasoning behind what you're saying there. Um, I also think that I heard the same things from my parents about television when they were demonizing it, that it would shorten our attention span, that it offers instant gratification, that you need to engage with a, a something that has a longer narrative like a book. Um, mm-hmm. And now it just like it's like the argument has shifted down the scale where it's like, OK, well, we're not telling you go read a book. We're telling you go watch a longer television show because the short ones, are, again, are going to make you have a short attention span and looking for to instant- our credit. We never parked our kid in front of the TV and that that just felt wrong for a variety of reasons, but it was, it was that if this is the time when we have TV time, this is the kind of thing I'd prefer we watch is all. Yeah. But like I said, I feel like it's the same argument just shifted down the scale and it doesn't mean that it's wrong, uh, yeah. but it, it does, it does remind me of like, cause I was arguing with my parents and you know, it's like, Oh, you're watching these shows and it's all about action, instant gratification. And the thing is over and into, you know, the commercial break in the middle and there's, you know, 13 minutes of show on either side of it. And it's just all so, package and fast pace you're going to rot your brain you're going to ruin your attention span and you could say all the exact same things about tiktok but what you're comparing it to now is the things that our parents told us were going to rot our brain that's now yeah, the good yeah, stuff no, you know I, you're I mean? probably you're probably right it's just I mean, that... and the thing is i don't disagree with you entirely like i i right. now no, no, i'm you're now problematizing it and i i appreciate that i, but, I get what you're saying but like i feel the same i feel the same way and in, in sort of my instinctively i'm like well okay but like you can watch one or two or ten TikToks, but on your ten thousandth, like, is it a pathology? You know, like the same thing our parents must have thought when we were watching. Well, here's this is uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something um, generic that's absolutely not about any particular person in the world, but you may have met people in your travels where, let's just say for the sake of argument, um, they are kind of miffed if they're not looking at TikTok. And like, like something has been taken away mm-hmm. and that's, that's a red flag for me. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, I mean, that's, I, that's me. I that like was me with TV. I would be, I had TV brain from right. watching like Saturday morning from 6am until noon. But they call you to dinner and you'd be so angry that you'd have to go to dinner where the television is. Absolutely. Wasn't. 
Absolutely. It's like, you know, it's like a comfort animal or something. Right. But, but also, and I, I, of course I hate the tech stuff behind it. This is just such garbage, but like anything to help, anything not dangerous that helps make connections and feel connected. I read an article about this the other day. It was pretty much right on target with what I've been thinking shamefully, which is that like young people are like in a pretty bad way right now in a lot of ways. They're very disconnected. I mean, imagine being a kid and like you just, you can't be around any other young people. That would be just intolerable for, for this long. And so thank God for texting. Thank God for the occasional Zoom call. Thank God for like the afternoon FaceTimes that she does with her friends every day. And also to some extent, and I'll probably regret this, this will play somewhere later and I'll be embarrassed, but like, thank God for TikTok. It's helping a lot of people stay, have some feeling of connection to something that's outside of the house where they live with their parents. Yeah, these, you know, these are exceptional circumstances. And I think, you know, it's, it's good to have that window. Like, and the thing is, I would, again, thinking back to my childhood, I can imagine if we were in a similar situation that my parents would have doubled down on the demonization instead of doing what you're doing, which is like understanding that this is, that this is one of the few lifelines that you have in this extraordinary I get to situation. Go do pod- I do podcasts like almost every day. I, I talk to people every day. I'm on the internet every day. My wife is still working very, very hard hours and hours and hours a day with Zoom calls, you know, and meetings and stuff like that. And for my kid, like, especially now that school is out, I mean, it really is kind of a, a bring your own type situation. She's mostly just cleaning the, the house, right? Yeah, she's, it's very, very tidy. So there's a lot of chores, a lot of, a lot of vacuuming. Oh yeah. Um, I think one time I bribed her to help me take out the recycling, but she didn't want to do that because it's near the trash. It's smelly. Trash is smelly, to be fair. So gross. Mm-hmm. 